Hey everyone, welcome in to another daily editorial here on the KE Report. Corey and Chad here chatting with Kenton Ralph Toes, founder of Yusha Crypto. As we bring Kenton on about every month to update us on what's going on in the crypto world. Last time we had Kenton on, we were talking about the ETF approvals and how the Bitcoin price had moved down. It corrected after those approvals. That correction didn't last all that long because throughout February, we have seen the Bitcoin price again move substantially higher up to about that $52,000 range. Now, Kenton, just circling back to maybe where this demand is coming from and some of the ETF data, can you update us on what we are seeing in terms of interest in the ETF, especially when it comes to money inflows, please? Sure, you bet. Thanks for having me, Corey. So the, the ETF appear to be you know, quite a success. They, they continue to pull in about net inflows of $500 million a day, which represents about 10 times new issuance of Bitcoin. So every day, there's 900 Bitcoin that are created, that are mined. That's what the, the miners are doing. You hear about Bitcoin mining. They're all chasing after these new new Bitcoins that are created every 10 minutes. And um, that's the block reward. So every 10 minutes, there's 6.25 Bitcoin created, which works out to about 900 Bitcoin a day. And, and at with Bitcoin at $51,000, that's about $45 million worth of Bitcoin created every day. When you look at the ETFs, those net inflows of $500 million, that represents about 10 times the new supply, that then inflation of Bitcoin. And so crude comparison, you know, is, is suggests that, you know, that is these new ETFs is driving up the price, is gobbling up, up the supply. And then what's cool is, is in April, we're going to see the happening which happens every four years of Bitcoin where the, the new supply gets cut in half. And um, this is all part of the code. It's all pre-programmed, predetermined. And so roughly around April 19th, those block rewards, those new Bitcoins being created, is going to get cut in half. So you're going to be created about 450 per day. It kind of begs the question, you know, going back to the ETFs, let's just pretend, you know, that they're still having net, net inflows of 500 million a day. That continues past April, May, June, that's essentially 20 times buying pressure on that new supply. So it could have a real impact on the price. Now, now of course, there's other, you know, the ETFs aren't the only people buying or selling, you know, there's other, other market participants. But if you look at the long-term, long-term holders on Bitcoin, you were kind of at all time, we're still at all time highs. We're at about 70% of the Bitcoin supply has been held for six months or longer this cohort of holders, if you will, they don't sell on every little price rise, right? They're, they're buying and holding for a reason. And, you know, it's not to watch Bitcoin go to 60 grand or 70. These people are looking for 100, 200, 300, a million. And they're patient. Over the years, because Bitcoin's been so volatile, one of the uh, mantras, you know, things that have developed over time is, is people just uh, dollar cost averaging, where every month, Every paycheck, they put in a few hundred bucks, a thousand, whatever, and they just slowly keep keep buying. No different than anybody's savings for retirement, and their RSP or 401k. After every paycheck, it just goes into their retirement account and just go buy their mutual fund, and they just keep keep adding to it. People are doing that with Bitcoin, and so you know they're not worried or looking at the price, right? They're just 
they're confident that over time the price will go up. So they just keep buying. Uh, so come the happening, it's reasonable su to suggest that this demand, the current demand, will con will will continue. And um, but so if the demand is strong and the demand stays constant, but the supply gets gets dropped, that's got to drive the price up, right? And um, you know, so you would think. If this is all pre-programmed and predetermined, the markets would price all of that in and it shouldn't have an effect on the price. But, you know, if these people are just constantly buying, just constantly putting new dollars in um, and we have that constant buy pressure continue, it should drive up the price. So it'll, it'll be really interesting to see what what happens if if it holds true that, you know, everyone's watching this you know end of April to see if it's going to have an impact on the Bitcoin price. Because the other reason people are so hung up on it is because it has. In, in the previous, if you look at four years ago, four years ago, 2020, 2021, that was uh, a major bull market in crypto. You go four years before 2021, 2017, 2016, right? That was another big bull market. Four years before that was 2013. Every four years, that's when we've had major bull markets in crypto and Bitcoin, and they've all coincided with these happenings. So... A lot of people are placing a lot of stock on this, that that's going to drive the next crypto bull market. But it is interesting to note that there's been something else going on on the same four year cycle that's on the same timeline as Bitcoin happening. And that's QE and all the debt from 2008 being rolled over every four years. And every four years, the Fed eases liquidity to make it easier for the government to roll over that debt, you know, lower interest rates make it cheaper to roll over. Maybe this has nothing to do with the happening cycle, and this has everything to do with the liquidity cycle. And and you know what drives crypto and Bitcoin and all risk assets just happens to be easy money sloshing around. I can see both. You know, I can see being one or the other. I can see being a combination of the two. There's, there's no real way to know. There's no way to separate them. But in theory. If those previous cycles hold true, this should be a fantastic year for crypto. We're coming into a, a Fed easing cycle and the happening on Bitcoin reducing the supply. Yeah, Kenton, that's a nice lay of the land there as far as the multiple factors that could be driving up the cryptos, especially Bitcoin in 2024. As far as the happening, I was going to ask you about how in past cycles, since it happens every four years, the trading action, or maybe you could put some color on this as far as people anticipating and front running that that process was going to happen. And then is it a buy the rumor, sell the news effect? Or do you see continued buying afterwards? And what effect do you think the ETFs being involved now may be different this time compared to past happenings? I think you'll see continued buying. There's definitely traders who will be out there using leverage to, to trade it, um, just like just like with ETF approval. You know, because we had a few false starts with the ETF, I think that flushed out the leverage. And, and that's why when, when it actually happened, everyone was kind of spent. You know, they were kind of already worn out. So um, there wasn't much gas in the tank to drive up the price. I definitely expect traders to use some leverage and to trade around it. But those are more, you know, they're more short term, right? To get, you know, they're not, you know, I, I think that people, in my opinion, what's going to drive the price to say 100 grand is people buying and holding. It's not going to be traders getting in and out. And I think that demand is going to stick. I think it's going to continue. Uh, people in crypto like to call those not in crypto normies or no coiners, you know, people that are 
on the sidelines, you know, the outsiders. I've had normies and no coiners bring up the ETF like, hey, well, this not this is real. Crypto is real. So I think this goes a ETF goes a long way to bringing in new demand. And all that does is make the existing Bitcoin holders that much more bullish. And if anything, they'll buy more. So I just don't see how demand is going to go away. Uh, All else being equal, I I think demand is going to continue to go up. Now, does this impact the miners, the Bitcoin miners? Because every time this halving happens, well, they, they earn less Bitcoin for their mining activities. They need price to go up to incentivize them to continue to mine. Have you noticed any changes in the actual miners' activity when these halvings go through? Uh, that's a great point, Corey. Um, and then, unfortunately, you know, Bitcoin mining is no different than any other mining operation in the world. Is is the one thing they can't control is the price, right? They're price takers, not price setters. So, could you imagine a gold mine all of a sudden seeing their production get cut in half? The share price would suffer, right? Unless the gold price doubled and then some to make up for the difference. And um, that's what we need to see happen with Bitcoin. If we need to see Bitcoin double in order for these miners' valuations to hold up and in order for them to stay solvent too. Otherwise, you know, they're going to get squeezed, right? You know, they, it, it really just is going to, again, like all, like, like all regular mining, it really comes down to cost of capital. Whoever has the lowest cost of capital is who's going to win and survive because the people with the higher cost of capital won't be able to. So it's those um, lower margin producers that will get squeezed out and um, the higher margin ones will remain. It'll be interesting, you know, it's, it's, it's been a long term kind of criticism of Bitcoin is how will these miners stay in business? How will they survive? Because, you know, Bitcoin is going to go up 100% every year to infinity, right? It's going to start leveling off, right? And how are these miners going to survive if they keep seeing their, their revenues, their product, yeah, the revenue or their production get cut in half every four years? And the answer has always been transaction fees. And then we need the transaction fees to go up to offset the loss from, from the mining rewards. Those transaction fees have gone up. They, they've exploded actually the last few months with um, um, what's called ordinals. And it's like NFTs on Bitcoin. And that's created a huge argument, debate within the Bitcoin community. The purists, the Bitcoin maxis, the ones that, don't, that think Bitcoin should just be money and nothing else, they, they hate ordinals. They don't like it. They don't want it. That's not what Bitcoin was designed for. It's just gumming up the blockchain. It's, it's, it's chewing up bandwidth and increasing the cost to transact on it. Whereas the people on the other side of the debate is like, well, Bitcoin is it's whatever you want to do with it. It's 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 open source, right? If it's if it's within the if the code can do it, the code can do it. And and who cares what the fee what the fees are and who who is paying for it for what? It's it's you know it's a free market. I'm on that side because this actually solves the miners' revenue problem, having these high transaction fees is ultimately what we need. I don't think Bitcoin layer one is going to, going to be the true payment, the payment network. I think we're going to need a layer two, like Lightning, to get those ultra fast, ultra cheap transactions. So I'm not worried about the transaction costs going through the roof right now. 
I think is great. I think it goes a long way to making these miners sustainable and, and giving them some staying power. So, so perhaps these ordinals came at, you know, couldn't have come at a better time. Right when miners are starting to feel the pinch on, on block rewards going down, it's going to be offset here with the transaction fees. But I don't know how, you know, those transaction fees are fickle, right? Those are not pre-programmed. That's totally about market demand. You know, heaven forbid they put out some kind of update or change to the code to try and prevent these ordinals. And that, and that is being talked about. I'd be surprised if like that goes through. We'll see. But, you know, this is still, you know, it just goes to show we're still in the early stages of Bitcoin. And it's, it's a lot still has to be figured out. And that means we have still a long way to go. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see with these transaction fees. I hope they stay up, keep the miners in business, keeps the security of the network up and, and everyone's happy. What about this having the impact on other coins over the past few halvings that we've seen? What's happened to some of the other coins? They outperform. They they take off. You know, it's, it's no different than than gold and gold miners, right? Um, and usually in Bitcoin leads, right? Bitcoin will outperform everything else for the first few, maybe several months, and then people roll over their profits from Bitcoin into the other coins. And you know, we're we're seeing that right now. Bitcoin's leading the charge. We've had a few, you know, altcoins perform and do well. But overall, the altcoin market is still, as a whole, is still kind of doing so-so. You know, the, the whole sector hasn't truly participated. I expect that to change this year, especially as Bitcoin makes new all-time highs. And um, and just and a, and a word of caution, too. I, I, I deal with this all the time with with clients and investors, they'll have a position they've been holding on to for like several years, expecting it to turn around. Lots of positions, you know, lots of, in, not just in crypto, but even in, you know, regular stocks, they might have done well in one bull market, but it doesn't mean they're going to do well in the next bull market. And so, yeah, hopefully whatever people or whatever crypto they're in, they're in the right ones that are moving forward, are advancing and do have the fundamentals to participate in this, this next run, um, because a lot of them won't. So hopefully, yeah, people are, are wise to that. Well, uh, it's been interesting to watch the volatility around the ETFs, and then on the back of that, this recent pop higher in the Bitcoin price really begs the question as to where Bitcoin could go from here, because the last about week or so, it's leveled off a little over 50000 does that mean it's building a base? Might it correct? Who knows? But this having is also another kind of interesting nuance of this market, which, as you said, happens every four years. Let's see what happens this year with the ETFs also now being in play. Ken, thank you very much for your time. Always interesting chatting and getting some updates on the crypto sector. We'll chat again next month. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Great. Thanks, Corey. Take care.